0: This conversation was recorded on January 3rd, 2015.
1: This is episode 49 of Biblically Speaking, a conversational question and answer show with two guys from Millard Community Church in Omaha, Nebraska. Looks like we recently just passed the one year mark of publishing this show. 49 episodes in one year. Not exactly one a week, but pretty close. They say most podcasts, that they're going to die, will die in the first 5 to 10 episodes. So we're pretty pleased to make it how far we have. We appreciate you listening along. If you enjoy the show, or you have feedback, or you hate it and want to tell us, we have a contact form on the website, that's biblicallyspeaking.fm slash contact. We'd love to hear from you. Enjoy the show, and here's to a great 2015. So I feel like this is kind of a personal question. Okay. It could be generic. I think it applies both generically and personally. So feel free to get personal I'm not answer or it not. Either
0: way or both.
1: Yeah, and I think it's one that we all ask ourselves constantly, if not from time to time, which is, how can you know for sure that you're in the will of God?
0: How can you know for sure you're in the will of God? Well. Maybe the question for a lot of people is, can you ever know for sure you're in the will of God? Can you? Yeah, I think, well, of course, I think you can know you're not in the will of God, too. I mean, that...
1: Are they just mutually exclusive? Either you are or you aren't.
0: You are or you aren't. Yeah. Now, you may not know. You could be, you could have this, you know, doubtful, doubtful time.
1: Can you luck into it? Could you accidentally be in the will of God?
0: Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Probably. I mean, you can because... Just not know it you know you're calling it you say luck into it i'll just say grace into it but sure
1: stumble upon first,
0: first of all we're not so reliable as to figure it out and be in the will of god it's not necessarily something that you figure out let, let me say you have to be conditioned to live in the will of god we aren't we come in we do not spend our time in the will of god we we come into this deal having spent our entire lives Unaware of the will of God. Now, even though we were unaware of the will of God, we can still accomplish the will of God. A lot, a lot of people mistake the will of God, or they, they confuse the will of God with the sovereignty of God. So when the Bible talks about doing the will of God, a lot of people flash back over to the sovereignty issue, and they'll, they'll go in the book of Romans where Paul talks about
1: how things work together
0: yeah and they'll one? talk about, and the, yeah they'll talk about not just about how all things work together at the end of Romans eight, which is a comforting verse to the to the benefit of the saints, but they'll they'll talk more about the use of Pharaoh by God, okay, who right. then resists his will,
1: yeah chapter nine, yeah,
0: so but Pharaoh did resist the will of God, i mean that that you know, so you may say who does well, Pharaoh does, but that doesn't stop God from assembling everything together working with other things to the good of them who love him and are, are called according yeah. to his purpose. So it doesn't hinder him from affectionately treating his own. It also doesn't hinder him from achieving his purpose, as we see the conspirators of all those who hated God were in enmity against God came together and produced the crucifixion of our Lord Jesus Christ, yeah. which was the perfect will of God.
1: Reminds me of what Joseph said to his brothers. You meant it for evil, but yeah, God meant, God it, for meant it for good. They weren't in the will of God. They were against it, but they still accomplished it because yeah. of his providence.
0: And the, Yeah, because they do not exceed the boundaries of his sovereignty does not mean that they— with your question, I'm going to interpret it to mean so that there can be a meaningful answer. How is it that we align ourselves and do the works that God has prepared for us to walk in? How is it that we actually willingly do his will?
1: Yeah. Well, and I might also add— Which presupposes that we want to. And so we're talking about people who don't want to, right? Yes. Pro- Pharaoh yeah. Pharaoh did not want to do the will of God. Correct. Joseph's brothers at the time... Did not want to do the will right. of God. Right. So that's a whole other category, but you're right. The question here is, assuming that I want to and uh, I know that God wants me to, how do I actually apply that? How do I do it? How do I know that I'm in it okay. and not on the wrong path?
0: All right. And that's a great question because, I mean, it does baffle the mind of the saints all the time. Yeah. But seeing how you said, I want to do the will of God, let me say, why? Why do you want to do the will of God?
1: Um, so that I could serve him? That's it? No. But that's the root of it, to is be. Is
0: nothing in it for you? Sure there is. He rewards those who do his will. Right. Now, yeah. so... There's something in it for you. Yes. You want to do it because, here, if you want to do God's will because of your love for him, that's a pretty—let let me say there, you do have love for him, and you do want to do God's will because you love him. That's a normal Christian affection. But may I say that the uh, fuel light is on in your vehicle when you um, when you make that determination because your love won't get you very far. Mm. It just doesn't. No. The fact is, you know, God's love for us gets us a lot further than our love for him. But if you want to do the will of God, one question is, are you prepared to? See? Some people say, well, I'd like to do the will of God, but uh, you know, they're not really prepared to do the will of God.
1: That first step is knowing what it is, right?
0: I think there's a one step before that. If, I think if you look at um, First Peter okay. and you look at chapter 4, Okay. I think this can be before you'll even see the will of God that you're not ready because you're not ready to to you're not ready to do the will of God you won't see it coming you know you're asking you have to know it first I think that goes both ways then you know, if you're not ready to do it you won't know it because you're maybe looking for something else let me let me point that out here okay in these, in these two verses three verses really. Forasmuch then, as Christ had suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind, for he that, he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. He points out that you've got to be minded a certain way. Uh, have a mind to suffer in the flesh. Have a mind to go the way of the cross. In your mind, you have to understand that What's gained for you then is what's lost for you now. Mm -hmm. You know, you actually have the mind that was in the apostle as well. He had this mind, right, that he counted all things lost for the excellency of the knowledge of our Lord Jesus. And the knowledge of our Lord Jesus does equate oftentimes to the knowledge of the will of God. Those are not inseparable concepts. In fact, when we're talking about knowing the will of God, we're talking about a spiritual condition of mind. Mm-hmm. That has requirements. It has requirements. We're going to come to it in a little bit about how that mind needs to be renewed. But there's a mindset, and only one mindset, that is prepared to do the will of God. Okay. And that was the mind of the Lord Jesus. Had the you know, he steadfastly looked toward Jerusalem. When he was in the garden, he said, Father, what should I say? Deliver me from this hour, for this hour I came in the world. Mm-hmm. So he, he was filled with the knowledge of his will as as the, as the scriptures want would have us to be. But you look here in, in First Peter, in the fourth chapter here, and he says that uh, you have to have this mind to suffer as Jesus Christ did. You have to have this mind to—and this is not merely to endure. This is the mind to go through the Passion— the passion Christ passcode for us. He, his life was poured out. He lost his life. This is an emotional, psychological, all-encompassing uh, mindset that is only found really in in uh, Christianity, which is to suffer for others, uh, to suffer for the sake of God's will. Other philosophies have the Concept of suffering, but self-suffering for purification and some kind of right stoic concept. It's especially imbued in the Far East, where you have the the Buddhist view of the Buddhist saint who who must suffer to purify himself.
1: Yeah, it's not sacrificial. It's not on behalf of somebody else.
0: <clears throat> no, this is now the this is now the mind of the one set free, who becomes the or the companion of the Lord Jesus in his in his purpose, in his walk, which was the mind to suffer in the flesh. So this is now I might even I might even include it to be this is the practical experience of the of the crucifixion to the world that has already taken place in Christ as a vicarious thing, but hmm. now needs to be felt if I can put it that way. So then verse 2 of this same passage, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lusts of men, but instead to the will of God. So once this mind is acquired or reflected into the believer, and we'll talk about how that mind happens, that mind happens by the scriptures. Many people overlook the fact that God gives us a certain facility of mind in the new birth. He gives us... This new man mm-hmm. who who now can become the exec, you know our our executive, the decision maker of me, now has a choice and now has the ability to decide whether to indulge in the flesh, the lust of men, as it says here, or to reckon, consider myself dead to that and alive to Christ, and therefore able to know the will of God and do it before we talk about knowing the will of God there's a precondition to that you're not going to know God's will on your own terms you're not going to know God's will by thinking about God's will you're not going to know God's will by by some effort that that you apply some manner of discipline that you impose you're going to know God's will by listening to God's word, hearing God's word, which means by faith. It's going to come by faith, like mm-hmm. like everything in the Christian life comes by grace through faith. This is the one all-encompassing principle from which we ought never depart, right? And part of the big struggle in the Christian life is never departing from the principle. As you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. But now, uh, there comes a time when God's will is not merely to walk, but also to stand. And your mind has to be armed for such. Uh, that's the word, as, as arm yourselves with a like mind. This is the right translation here. This is this is weapon up, you know. This is snap your, snap your holster on and, you know, make sure you have your ammo with you and have it in good drawing condition. This is a mind that is a weapon, this is the, the, and that's the mind to suffer, mm. the mind to, to, to lay your life down. And, and, and it's funny because that mind will click in. As we practice our lives, that mind does click in, the mind of, well, I just, you know, obviously I'm going to need to take on abuse. Clearly here I'm going to be castigated, made fun of, scorned, because I'm going to do what God wants me to do or speak what God wants me to say. You know, some of us who God has given the obligation and also the privilege and the responsibility, all these things, to speak his word. A lot of times you'll you'll hear somebody like me, which who, that is my work. I'll talk about, you know, saying the right thing or saying the important thing at the right time. But it's not always that for all of us. Some of us, it's more about just doing the right thing at the right time. I say speak because that is something to do, and it affects me often. But I don't want to limit my answer to, your, to the question you have, which comes from the heart of every believer. And right. It's a real serious question. You have to arm yourself with this mind to raise your kids Right. You know, you have to have this this mind of suffering, this mind of laying your life down. I mean, a mom, for example, tremendously has to live this out. Right. Her whole life is destroyed by kids, you know, at every turn. You know, she if if mom plans out with little kids especially, mom plans out, you know, the next half hour. She doesn't get to do it. You know, she has her she has her mind on, oh, I'm gonna do this today, I'm gonna do this, this and this, and then I wanna get that done. And the chances are really good that mom's plan is never, ever carried out. Mm-hmm. And that can be such a beating to a person's mind that they, what's, that they end up with, what's the use? I'll stop this effort. I'll stop this plan. But instead, no, even mom has to wake up every day and put weapons on, you know, put the weapons on and get ready to suffer because the kids are going to make her suffer. <laughs> and, um, so there's another example where it's, you know, really not about necessarily saying the right thing, but about doing the right things. hmm No.
1: So this mind, having this mind in you, arming yourself with this like mind yeah. that Christ did. Yes. As you said, that thought comes out of faith. That thought comes out of the scriptures. So you only get that mind. You
0: only get that mind through the
1: scriptures. Through the scriptures.
0: Yeah.
1: Once you have that mind, there are many circumstances of life that are informed by the scriptures but they are not you know all chapter and verse no. says do this no do, it's not don't do like that, that.
0: but the, the the mind that is ready for the circumstance is the mind that is armed first you know first armed to suffer mm-hmm. and secondly then renewed which we could look also at at romans chapter 12 for that okay because <clears throat> let's not just talk about the preacher or the mom with kids okay let's talk about you know average Joe, you know Joe Christian, Joe Christian works Monday through Friday, Joe Christian works you know his eight ten hour day, whatever it is, he's got his daily expectation, and to some large extent, if you're not careful, you think today is just another day, just like the other yesterday was a day, it's a Monday, it's another Monday. you begin to become. Lethargic in your mind. In fact, what's happening to your mind is exactly what Romans 12 talks about. You're starting to get stamped out. Okay, so let's read it. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, Romans 12, 1, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Now, there's some controversy here. How many times do you do that? Do you do that? Is that an ongoing thing? Yeah, this is an ongoing action. So, some people, and they point out, yeah, you know, if, I, if I'm a sacrifice and I'm executed, and I don't have to do that all the time. Yeah, Christ's death for your sin was a once-for-all act. Your presentation of your body is not a once-for-all act. I know you, you know me, we present our bodies to God for His purposes, and then we take them away and do our own thing, too. And we got that whole deal. Mm-hmm. And we go get muddied up and dirtied up, and before we can come to Romans 12:1, we have to go to the labor of 1 John 1:9. We got to our, get ourselves confessed up, washed up, come back here and say, "Okay, God, I'm, I'm available now. You know, I'm available to you." And this is, this is what it says, which is your reasonable or your logical service. And that is the word for logical. This is what's reasonable. This is what's consistent with my Christian life. This is what's consistent with my faith. The other behavior is inconsistent with my faith. It's illogical. It's unreasonable. You, thou knowest better than I do why I do those things. Mm-hmm. But I've been doing those things. I shouldn't be doing those things. I need to be doing your things. And here I am. What's your thing for me? And then verse 2, we have verse 2, right? Be not conformed to this world. So if you get into the mindset that today's just another day and then I know it's going to happen, you, you talk about Joe Christian goes to work every day. You know, what about Joe Christian that's in prison every day? You know, there's a lot of Christians in prison. No doubt. And, um, you know, think about that. You know, your day is going to be routine, you know joe christian that's in the army he's got more regimen than than joe christian that goes to work But joe christian in prison and there's a lot of them a lot of us in prison and and i don't care if you think okay look you don't get what getting what you deserve is not the grace of god we don't get what we deserve we get what we need we need grace the Lord knows those men in prison, those women in prison, they need his grace, and and, and many of them saved, mm-hmm. many of them saved, if not the majority. But if they're not careful, you know, they're just going to get stamped into this assembly line expectation and mindset. Be not conformed to this world. And that's the word suscomitizo. That's the word stamped out. The only time that word's a good use is because Jesus is stamped out of God. He's the exact representation of... Of his being he's expressed image and the word is used to show that you know that's exactly like that well when you put that in the context of this age this age wants you to be exactly like it says you you're to be and it says that to everybody it says that you know it doesn't distinguish it
1: beats that drum constantly
0: yeah the world has a machine recording that says the world has a plan for your life jared And then the next guy comes up, and his name is Bill. The world has a plan for your life, Bill. You know, it's just some kind of rote thing, and the world stamps its image on you, and that's what you're supposed to do. And it's funny because the world system, under the guidance of the wicked angels who operate it, uh, with the head Lucifer being the head of the whole thing, He has a way of reaching you with what you're supposed to do. And, of course, it operates just like the Christian life, where it's the will of the world, except completely opposite. So as is the transgression, so not is life in Christ. And so your expectation is fixed. You're going to do this. You don't need to engage your mind in it. Just go about doing it. Do what we say. Do the way we told you.
1: Of course, in America, that... uh... That stamping out has been so well refined. It's the, you know, uh, they make
0: you think you're not being stamped
1: out. Yeah, it's you know, higher education, a solid nine to five job, one and a half kids, white picket fence in suburbia, American dream.
0: Is it though? I think that's the past dream of yeah, the American well, it, dream.
1: They come out with new molds. You know, that's right. probably every ten to fifteen years.
0: But what they do is they paint that lady with a you know different makeup. Mm-hmm. You know. But it's the same whore. As a Hebrew saying might be, uh, same woman, different clothes. The pressure is there, whereas whereas the Christian life now, the Christian life is, number one, you're to recall, there's enough evil for today. That's one piece of it. So every day, despite the pressure that I know what's going to happen, expectations are this— The Christian is to face the day that everything could be different. This could be the day that your life is required of you. This is the day where some crazy experience leads to your martyrdom. That could happen. I think about that once in a while. You know, all of a sudden, this could be the day that, you know, you're called home and to stand first. I remember years ago, uh, it's been some years ago now, that um, there was a shooting in Colorado. I'm trying to remember the name of that school that mm. was shot. I was one of these first school It's shoot on the tip of, of my tongue
1: right now. I can't think of it either.
0: Yeah, there was a movie made about it called Bowling for whatever
1: it is. Columbine. Columbine,
0: that's it. And, okay, I'm not going to get into the details of that. Just one little fact of it because it's, you know. But one little fact, the report was that the shooter came into a classroom and asked if anybody believed in God. And a young girl stood up and said she believed in God. She was a Christian girl. I don't know if she named the Lord Jesus or not, but she was executed on the spot. I'm sure she didn't know that morning, right? Mm-hmm. But she had a mind ready to suffer, didn't she?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So that we come into that, and then, and then be not conformed to this world. But now you can't just uh, approach, the, because it's war, you can't just approach today's warfare by saying, well, I'm good to go. I know it's war. I'm good to go. No, you're not good to go. You need your mind renewed. You need to refresh it, just like your computer screen, right? It refreshes at so many cycles per per second, per second, depending on you know the the hertz, mm-hmm. and that's a refresh of vision. There's gaps of seeing nothing in there. It just it goes so fast that it fools your eye. Right. It into refreshes. Thinking that there's no blanking going. It on.
1: refreshes faster than our eyes refresh, so we don't yes. notice.
0: And that's what movies are made out of, right? They gotta go twenty five frames a second minimum to fool your eye.
1: But now they're when, up in it, so the you know, Peter Jackson's doing out forty eight frames per second movies. And it's completely weird, different experience just because of that change. Sure.
0: And you can put hidden persuaders in there and all that good stuff.
1: Oh yeah. That's illegal though, isn't it now?
0: Uh, hidden persuaders have always been illegal. Yeah. Yeah. Not now. They've always been. Well how do you know if they're done, they're hidden.
1: How do, you say they've always been illegal, but how do they... Like, this was
0: a big scandal in the 1950s.
1: Oh, you mean inside moving pictures.
0: Yeah. Okay. Putting in hidden persuaders. Yeah, and how do you know? I mean, there could be a lot of hidden persuaders in real life.
1: Subliminal messaging.
0: Could be. Yeah. You know, we, of course, uh, you know, we're talking about digital. There's nothing really digital in life. It's all analog. But, sure. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there could be all kinds of things that... Uh, Gehazi, who ended up unfaithful, was told by Elisha, Lord, open his eyes that he can see, right? And his eyes were open and he saw the chariots of the angels, right? He saw God's warriors. Mm. We have no idea, we have no clue of the events that are going to transpire. That's always invisible. Nobody even guesses that that's visible.
1: But, you know, we don't know. I consider that sometimes around uh, ideation, right? Like, where do ideas come, come from? Yeah.
0: Where'd that come from? Things in your own mind. Yeah. Yeah, as they arise. Yeah. How did I freely associate this with that? And was it really true free association? Or did somebody force this association on me just now? Mm -hmm. Right? Well, here's what you know. That's right. Well, here's what you do know. The scriptures are capable of dealing with all that. Mm. And I need the scriptures. We don't need bread. You You can go days without bread. You don't need any food. You don't need any food today. And any day that you wake up, you can say, I don't need food today, and you're right. And by the way, you should do that sometimes. That helps this mind. When you pray, when you fast, not if. Mm -hmm. So let me just sneak that in there at this point, off topic, but sneak it in. Be transformed, metamorphosed, by the renewing of your mind. There is a metamorphosis that takes place. And the metamorphosis that's taking place with you, and even though you're only thirty two. You're thirty two. You're into your thirties.
1: Indeed. You know the next one's forty. No, thirty three is next.
0: Next one's forty. <laughs>
1: that's not how I do my math. I go one by one.
0: Okay. You can do that, but you have to do <laughs> it a lot and then you have to do it really often.
1: About once a year.
0: Yeah, it seems <laughs> you think it's once a year, but it starts getting to be like every three months. You get a year older.
1: In retrospect, it's much shorter than a year. But you I'm should stick with it
0: from here and find out how fast it is.
1: Mm, I probably will someday, Lord willing.
0: Yeah. Well, if he doesn't come, I hope you get this far. But let me let me say, the transformation is not physical, is it? Yeah. We're commanded here. Be you exhorted here. Be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, there actually can be a transformation. And I don't want to talk about changed lives because it doesn't say changed life. It says metamorphosis of you by the renewing of your mind, which means the metamorphosis is in the way you think.
1: Sure, but it doesn't change life kind of. Come out. I mean, if I look back at my life, it's quite a bit different.
0: I know, but everybody's life changes. Everybody's life changes, and I and I don't I don't want people to think that that they're somehow lacking facility for this. You see, a lot of times when you say, "Well, my life has changed," and then somebody else will look at that and go, "Well, yeah, so now you can do this," but that's not true. This facility here. To renew your mind, yeah, is a gift of God.
1: Yeah, I mean, I look at that from the other direction that my mind changed and then my life changed.
0: Exactly right,
1: and not the other way around.
0: It is exactly the case. Now, when you say your mind changed, you know that's repentance. You experienced repentance. Yeah, doesn't mean you repented first. You no. believed, and repentance comes I mean, mm-hmm. as your mind changes. But it's exactly right because you see the process. I don't even like to call it a process, but the way mm-hmm. of the Christian life is by grace through faith, and faith comes by hearing the word of God. And so you say, "What did you do?" Well, because I know you, and I've watched you—you you know, I, I I've cl- from close, close range—I know what happened to you. Uh, you took up the word of God. You took up the word of God in your life. And you became a guy who now was informed by the scriptures and follows them, which before, you didn't have a clue about the Bible. You really didn't. I mean, you were a pretty clueless guy.
1: Of course. Couldn't have a clue. Didn't have a spiritual.
0: Didn't have the spiritual facility. Yeah. Yeah. So now, whereas every single believer has this spiritual uh, uh, facility, it's the gift of God, to be able to come and have their mind metamorphosed Mm-hmm. to experience metamorphosis by renewing the mind.
1: And you're saying this renewing process is the—it's is, continual, it's with yeah. the Scriptures, and it's how you— It's
0: the refresh.
1: It's how you get the will of God. It's, well, that
0: you may prove—look what it says, the renewing of mind—that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Prove it. Prove it. Put it to the test. Take it out for a spin. You know, a lot of people don't take their faith out for a spin. Yeah. Well, it doesn't even say every day. It just says Renewal. renew. And, you know, if you've got stinking thinking, if you're not, uh, if you're feeling uncomfortable uh, with your mindset, just start reading the scriptures. Some people say, well, where do you start? Just start anywhere. Just start anywhere. I used to always start with John's Gospel. That's why I read it so much, <laughs> because I'd start there. Uh, but just start anywhere. Uh, God will. Uh, you but know, start at the beginning of a book and then read it through. Mm-hmm. Read through the Psalm. Uh, read through a Proverb. I, I still, I still have no problems with uh, a Proverb a day every month. Uh, I, I have no problem with subscribing to that. Five Psalms a day get you through the Book of Psalms in yeah. a month. If a, um, if
1: a program is something that works well for you, use it to work well. Anything, yeah.
0: Any way that you can get yourself reading the Bible, do it.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, get it in audio too. That's exactly. A, that was a huge one for me. It's just like let someone else read it to me while I'm driving or running or.
0: Exactly. And if you. you can't find somebody that you like to listen to, record it yourself and listen to
1: yourself. <laughs> that could be torturous.
0: Yeah, it can be fun. I'll play some of my messages from BibleStudy.net, dot net and then I'll just amen with myself. Say, preach it, brother. <laughs> I agree.
1: I did listen to an episode of ours from about six months ago and I was like, that was a pretty good show. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. I like to
0: hear it. Uh my wife will play it in the car and uh you know, I'll think, Well, you know, that was better than I thought it was at the time. And yeah, this is a good show. You should listen to it. Tell your friends and I mean, like us on Facebook. <laughs>
1: But talk about taking things literally. If faith comes by hearing the Word of God, get get some of that in your ears. That's what I think. Yep. And that was one of the things I did. A lot of
0: times you have trouble concentrating. Yeah. You know, the, the double reinforcement of, for example, reading along while listening Out along, loud. Mm-hmm. It's a big help. Um, but, uh, you know, especially when you're in your car now, today you have choices. You can listen to anything while you're in your car. You right. Know? You just hook up your Bluetooth and you can listen to anything listen to the word of god get your mind renewed and and that's the problem that we have mostly as christians is that our minds aren't renewed and then we're slow on the uptake when it comes to the will of god Mm -hmm. and when we meditate and reflect on it you know if you ever look back at your life which i suggest you do every day because there's no time otherwise take a little snapshot backwards every day you'll come up with things like oh i should have I should have told that guy about the Lord Jesus. I should have just said something to him. I could have said something to him about that instead of Husker football. I could have said, "See, there I am talking about saying things." But uh, you know, or I could have spoken up. I could have stopped. You know, I could have stood up and said, "Nah," mm-hmm. to that. Instead, I listened, or I just walked away. I could have opposed evil when I should have. These kind of things, and if you're reflective about those failures. A lot of times you'll say, I just wasn't ready, it, so it took me so much by surprise. It took me so much by surprise. When, that, when you start saying that to yourself, then your mind wasn't ready. It, you weren't renewed. You were sluggish. You needed an oil change, and you failed to do so. You know you needed your engine running, and it wasn't. The scriptures were far from your mind. They didn't come to you when, when you needed them. These are problems that can be solved by confession and then renewal. A lot of times we just confess our sins and we fail to renew our minds. Those are two different things. They're two different things. They're related, but they're two different things. Okay. And, and, of course, now I want to also point out how, how Romans 12 and, and 1 Peter 4 go together because we're presenting our bodies a living sacrifice, okay, which is a reasonable service. That's arming yourself with the mind to suffer, right? The sacrificial life is the suffering life. The sacrificial life is the life that follows the passion of Christ. And then the will of God is rewarded by God. And I don't think that doing the will of God is not just reward. It is rewardable in the coming day. but It is not merely rewardable in the coming day. It has its fruit and its rewards in this day. Now you become, with a renewed mind, where you first denied being conformed to the world. And then, by the way, when you deny consistently being conformed to the world and you go the way of faith, you have these gotcha moments. Anybody tells you they don't isn't being honest with themselves and you. But you have these oh-drat moments that that arise in your life, and they can become watersheds of disappointment. You say, you know, I've gone this way as you have for a dozen years or something like that, ten years as a Christian now for you. Mm-hmm. and you're already starting to reap the benefits and the losses of the life of faith. you know. And human beings that we are, we can thank God for the benefits in about 15 seconds, and then we can think about those losses for hours.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, I could have been, and I... I should have. I should have.
1: I could have. Yeah.
0: had that chance mm-hmm. now now I don't even have that chance anymore
1: I'll never get that chance never again. never get that chance again sooner or later that's true welcome to my world
0: yeah <laughs> well this is a christian I mean we're all in it so yeah I, yeah, I understand well I, and and you know you're a guy with you know it's gifted in some obvious ways and so when you aren't conform to this world the world doesn't let you play mm. you say well I'd be happy to do this work but I have to I'm gonna do it consistent with my faith in jesus christ to which the guy who ordinarily maybe he would decide that yeah we we do this work he goes ew that was so uncool what you just said
1: Mm -hmm.
0: have a nice day and and by the way as you continue to renew your mind and arm yourself with a mind to suffer you see these things and you wouldn't have it any other way because you want to see the truth But it's bittersweet, right? I'm glad I can see him, but it makes me feel all icky inside to actually do the suffering. Mm. It hurts. That's the other thing. The suffering in the Christian life, number one, is real. It is suffering. God wants me to be ready to suffer, but I never will because he always comes in in the end and I don't. No. He actually lets you suffer. And you recognize that you are laying your life down. Well, being human beings, I know how we can look at that and be disappointed because we're human beings. Uh, And we have a nature that we drag around with us, this corpse that we drag around with us that still keeps laying claim. Like, you're killing me. You know, I want to be a star. (laughs) (laughs) And you're you're wrecking all my opportunities. It's like that second voice that, brings that, you know, brings that And the enemy, you know, we, like you said, you don't know where that the idea flow comes from. It sure wells up Mm -hmm. and, and you can get on a funk. You can go down these long lines of thinking. And the next thing you know, you're no longer armed, right? You don't have, you, now you don't have a mind to suffer. Now you have a mind to gripe and complain and to wish very dangerous. Yeah. So, um, yeah.
1: Well, let's talk about this proving aspect before we sign it. off here, because yeah. all let's say all prerequisites in place, mind renewed, ready to roll. How do you go about the proof? It says prove. What is the good and acceptable approval of God? How?
0: That's why I said take it out for a spin.
1: You mean like just? Try something and see what happens, or what do you mean by take it out first? Well, of
0: course, of course, you're going to try things and see what happens. That you know, here, here here's the good news uh, the good news, but we, we cover the bad news in enough detail. The good news piece is the Christian life is an adventurous and interesting life, you're going to have opportunities.
1: It's never not boring,
0: never, never boring.
1: Yeah, never. Uh, that was a double negative. Yeah, it's never boring, it's
0: never boring. <laughs> Even when it's unhappy, it's not boring. How do you prove it?
1: Yeah. Well, you guys— What if you're not sure, and you think, well, I think God wants me to take this job, but I'm not sure. How do I get sure, one way or the other?
0: Well, you have to put it on the table that you won't have it. Sometimes you put these things to the test. You mentioned a job. I'll give you my experience— a job offer came to me, and I just told the guy, "I'm content where I am. No, thank you." Just like that. And uh, why'd you do that? That's what a brother asked me. He said, "Why'd you Why'd you do that? Why don't you hear him out?" Yeah. I said, "Well, because I'm happy with my job. I'm I'm able to teach a Bible study. You know, it took me a long time to get to, into a position where I could take an hour lunch at this particular job against union rules." And teach a Bible study, and I am involved in it, and I, you know, don't want that to. That's what I am doing. It's real important to me. Mm-hmm. And this brother said, "Well, you could have asked him if you could have the long lunch and right and stuff." And I thought, you know, that's right. I could have, I could have followed this further next. I next time maybe I will. I, I will next time the opportunity comes. I'll hear it out more. Right? I was happy with that mm-hmm. and went home and i uh, was getting ready to make dinner i was in a house with other fellas and i made the dinner to make sure we got fed that's why that's why i made the dinners and that's about all i did i ran the house but my job was to make the dinners and i started setting up for dinner and the phone rang and it was this same guy that i had turned down earlier and he said my plane got waylaid here in in, in, in Omaha. And it was raining out, and uh, I'm on about a three-hour delay. I would like to talk to you further if you would come to the airport to talk to me. So I thought, well, I just got done talking to this brother and said uh, next time I'd ask, so this is the next time, Mm -hmm. even though it's the same guy, same job. So I said, I'll come right down. So I came down, and I was thinking what to say, and I didn't know what to say as I was driving down. So got into the airport and sat down with him. I said, before we go anywhere, I just got to tell you, here's the whole deal, All right? I've got a Bible study that I teach. I'm born-again Christian. I have a Bible study that I teach in downtown Omaha, and it lasts an hour, and I need a whole-hour lunch, but wherever you work, I'll need an hour from when I get there. can't count any travel time because right now I'm just walking up across the street. So the guy says to me, he says, "Uh, okay, I would allow you to do that on one condition. I said, "What's the condition?" He said, "That you let me come with you. I'm born again, also, and I would love to go to a Bible study every week. And hmm. you can have two hours wow. to do it. So I did take that job, by the way. So how can you know? Uh, you put it to the test.
1: Mm-hmm. There That's are the indicators.
0: There are there are always indicators. There are always indicators. There is always the opportunity that you have to risk that this is the world's call." And to put it on the line. yeah, It's not what people do. I'll tell you, Jared, it's not what they do. People get a job opportunity that's a better job than they have. They immediately ascribe that to the blessing yeah. of the
1: Lord. If it's a raise, it's the Lord. If, if it's, it's a raise, it's God. <laughs> if a it's a pay cut, it's the pay devil. pay cut,
0: it's the devil. <laughs> and that, I mean, it's just like that all the time. Yeah. You know? And uh, I've given a lot of advice over the years to guys in this situation. I've seen guys put the jobs to the test and do it, you know, in faith. And come out right, either not getting that job or getting that job, but it comes out right. In every case I've experienced personally, and that means people I know uh, with whom I have association, they'll come back at a later time happy that they put the thing to the test, whatever the result
1: Yeah. Seems like in addition to your own lab work, you can also draw upon the experience of other people's absolutely test results.
0: Absolutely, I mean, uh, we're we're ordered together. God, God assembles us together into local churches, yeah. and uh, that's what He does.
1: And what about prayer? If you if you ask the Lord, show me your will in this. Do you expect Him to just do that, or have you ever asked that and not seen it?
0: No, never.
1: No, never. You have not because you asked not. Seems like I've I've never I, I've, I
0: have failed to pray. Yeah. I have never one time prayed something through, I won't say prayed enough, but prayed it through, where God did not direct me, even in ridiculous kinds of ways. You know, sometimes God leads and directs you by the actions and decisions of other people. Mm -hmm. I can honestly say not once did I feel that I prayed about it and didn't get an answer in time to make any important decision. I mean, there are things I pray about that just ongoing and I don't feel like I'm getting answers. Yeah. I was with you praying last night and, uh, thank God for an answer that I never thought would be coming. You know, I mean, it, you know, slowly, slowly let me, uh, as it were, twist in the wind and seeing if I'll endure putting to the test my faith. Mm. Um, God has a a well-rounded menu for every Christian to test their faith and to add experience. When your faith is tested and you prove the will of God, that is an experience. right? Right. And that, you know, we're supposed to add to our faith experience, right, in order to come to hope. And so it builds our hope. And some experiences, like really long ones, where you stick it out, and you continue to wait for God, and you you wait on God, and finally his will of, it breaks through, and all of a sudden all the pieces fit together, and you go, wow, that was a long one. Those are better experiences. The longer that you wait. I had an experience, one of the landmark experiences in my life, and it took all of 21 years. Hmm, huh. Twenty-one years, and it wouldn't be a landmark if it had only taken one or if it had taken three months or if it had been two days or an hour and a half. It wouldn't be this kind of landmark experience yeah. of proving but it took 21 years.
1: so It's quite a time to endure. Uh, but take it for a spin.
0: That's what I mean. Take it out and prove it like you would if you got a new car. You've you bought a new car, right? I have. You have already bought a new car. You're only this age. Did you take that baby out and run it around? I drove it. Did you push it to some limits? A little bit. I'm not drive much... it fast? Yeah. See how fast it goes? See how it perform up there at that high speed? Mm-hmm. Proving mm-hmm. it. See? You knew the specifications. Why'd you do that? You read in the specifications that it goes so far, so fast.
1: Sometimes you got to feel it for yourself.
0: Exactly. That's Christian life. you got to feel it for yourself.